Welcome to the official broadcast of Life Fellowship Ministries in Kima, Texas. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. Be sure to visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. Let's recite our mission statement. Um, it is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And then our vision or the, the goal or the result is that we become disciples who will impact the world with the love of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And at this time, I'd like to release the warrior youth and the student ministry. You guys are welcome to go back. And uh, great job, praise team. Uh, I thought that was a, a really good song to end with because I, I decided that I wanted to teach on faith again. And uh, do you need some mountains moved in your life today? Are there any? Is there anything in your life going on that you need to see God move? I know that there is, and uh, He is more than able. And as we continue to, to pray about our next building, we're stepping out in faith and we're believing that God is just going to continue to open the doors for us. And I know that whatever you're going through, he is more than able to accomplish what he desires in your life. So this morning, uh, we're in this series, Seeking God, and uh, I want to continue to encourage us to seek the Lord um, in, in our daily devotionals, not from a religious, uh, legalistic uh, situation, but from a relationship-driven uh, desire to seek the Lord. So I'm continuing on faith this week, part two. And last week, we talked about our relationship begins with God, and uh, it, we have to have faith to believe in the intangible, because... We Most of us have not seen Jesus face to face, but yet we believe we have faith. We, we experience his Holy Spirit. We feel his presence. And I want to talk a little bit more about the three points that I talked about last week. And they were faith is the foundation to our relationship with Jesus. And then faith is given to us by the Lord. And we can choose to live a life of faith. Faith is the foundation of our relationship with Jesus. Because if we don't believe in him, if we don't believe that he exists, if we don't believe that we can have a relationship with him, then there would be none. Let's look at Romans 10, 9 through 17. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you have been made right with God and it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. And so it's important that we believe in our heart and that we confess. So that's why every Sunday morning we had the conclusion of the service. I give every one of us an opportunity to either recommit our life to the Lord or give our life to the Lord. And so what we say in that prayer in general is, Lord, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I ask your forgiveness for all of my sins. See, we're saying those things in faith because we don't know other than by faith that our sins are forgiven, but we know what his word says. And it says if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, then we will be saved. And so we say, Lord, I make you Lord of my life. I receive you as Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins. And we're receiving that grace that God can give us, that God wants to give us by faith. 
And we're saying, Lord, I, I believe that you can forgive me of my sins. And so we pray that prayer. And it's through this relationship that we have confirmation by the Holy Spirit that this relationship with us, with the Lord, is real in our life. How many of you remember when you gave your life to the Lord, or maybe you recommitted your life to the Lord? I did. I recommitted my life when I was 25, and I gave my life to the Lord when I was younger. But I had gone through some stuff. And I know that when I rededicated my, my life to the Lord, it's like this weight was lifted off my shoulders and there was a freedom there. And so that was confirmation that God was doing something. So when we give our life to the Lord and when we get uh, baptized, there's something that happens in the physical, but there's something that happens in the spiritual realm as well. And so God begins this transformation process in our life. Romans 10, 11, as the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call upon him. So he's a generous God. Not only are we forgiven of all of our sins, but God wants to lead us and guide us and, and uh, strengthen us and encourage us, and he gives generously to us. Verse 13 continues, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And this is a quote from Joel uh, 2, 28 through 32. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's great news, and there's a whole world of people out there that need to know this. And that's why it's called the good news, because it is good news for those of us who are perishing, the word says. And so God has, has made a way that we can come into this relationship with him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And I know that probably most, of, most everyone in this room is saved. But do we understand the power of those words? Do we understand the power of that promise that people are looking for hope? That we can go to them and say, the word says everyone, you, me, them, us, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The pimp, the prostitute, one that I have a problem with, the pedophile. I have a problem with that. But his word says that no one is too far from him, that they cannot receive God's love and grace and forgiveness. What about the murderer? What about the, the addict, drug, alcohol, sex addict? None of those people are too far. But here's one of the problems. We have a lot of people that think they're good enough. Oh, I'm good. I never robbed a bank. I never murdered anyone. I don't have any addictive behaviors in my life. Well, have you ever told a lie? Don't start now. <laughs> so anything that we do, anything that we do that is, is contrary to the word of God, that is sin, that is different from what God wants us to do is a sin. So if we've, we've all broken the law. And if it's just one lie, we've broken the law. But God says, we're not too far from him, that his grace is available. His grace is greater than our sin. And so there are many people that think they really don't need God because, well, I'm a, I'm a good person. I don't steal from the company. I'm faithful to my spouse. But listen, we all need God. We all need to be brought back into this relationship with him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If we don't know we need to be saved, we're in a bad place. 
Romans 10, 14, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? <laughs> That's pretty obvious, right? How can we call on him uh, to save us if, if, they don't, if they don't believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? We had a family come to the church a number of years ago, and the lady was in her 20s, and she'd never heard about Jesus. She received Jesus as her Lord and Savior. And, and their family was greatly impacted. And, and they're growing in their relationship. And their children are growing in their relationship. They moved from this area. And I heard that recently that their, their young son, he's probably about eight or nine. How old is he? Nine? Eight or nine? He, he was at church where they live now. And uh, they weren't having worship in the children's ministry. And he said, hey, can I, can I lead these other children in worship? <sighs> because the family got saved. The family got plugged in. Those children were being trained and equipped in the children's ministry here. And they were learning and they were growing. And now they're going out and living it. They're going out and exampling. A 10-year-old child is, is going to the, the church leadership and saying, hey, these children aren't worshiping. Let's worship. Can I lead? Because of the things that I learned here. And he's doing the dance moves and leading them. That's what I'm talking about, where we are impacted by the love of God and that we are changed and that we take this thing that God has imparted into us and that we begin to go and share the hope and the love of Christ with others. And so this 8 or 9 or 10-year-old child is making a difference in those children in that church. One person, one person filled with the love of God, filled with the Spirit of God, listening and hearing the, the voice of God can make a difference in, a, in an entire children's ministry. One person here today going out into the marketplace, going out into your community can make a difference because everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And then God will empower us with his Holy Spirit because he's a generous God. He's not going to get us saved and say, okay, you're on your own now. No, he's going to empower us and lead us and guide us in ministering to other people. And we get to, to experience this life of, of fulfillment where God is working in our hearts and lives. So how can they believe in him if they've not heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? <laughs> that would be us, that we open our mouth and share the hope and the love of Christ with others. Because there are people that need to know the truth. They need to know the word of God. And maybe God has placed you there as that spokesperson for God. And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? You may be saying, well, I don't know if I'm really called or sent. You are. In Matthew 28, Jesus, before he ascended, he gave us a commission. He said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all that I've taught you and know that I'll be with you till the ends of the age. So all of us, every one of us that are saved, that have this relationship, are called to go out and share this hope, this good news, 
we are being called to be sent to go out. Uh, verse 15 continues, that is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring the good news. Because when we go, whether it be to a third world country or whether we go to our neighborhood, but as we go and we bring the hope of Jesus Christ, it's a blessing to people. As we support ministries that are going out to Africa and Israel and, and different places that we're not at physically right now, but they're taking the hope and the love and the word of God and they're impacting communities. They're impacting nations. They're impacting continents. They're impacting the world. Go and make disciples of all the nations. So we as a church, we're doing this locally, but also we're having a, a global impact as we support these ministries and as we go to these places on occasion, that we get to train up and invest in other pastors who will in, invest in, in their congregations or other pastors. And so this thing is, just continues to spread as we go and do what the Lord has called us to do. How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. And I know when we've had the opportunity to travel, the people will come from hundreds of miles, maybe even thousands of miles to be there at these conferences because they're so excited. They're, they have such great anticipation of what God is going to do. And they're so uh, humble that somebody would come from America and go to their country to bless them, and they're receptive. And so we have that opportunity. Let's look at point number two from last week. Faith is given to us by the Lord. So if faith is given to us by the Lord, can we do anything to receive it? Can we do anything to increase it? What do we, what do, we do? Let's look at Romans 10, 16. But not everyone welcomes the good news, for Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message? And we need to understand that not everyone is going to receive the message. Or maybe we're just called to plant the seed and someone else will come along and water it and someone else will come along and see the fruitfulness. But when God opens up opportunities for us, it's our responsibility to go and share the hope and the love of Christ. The outcome is not on us because we don't do anything anyway, right? Other than be obedient to what the Lord's asked us to do. And then it's his work in their heart that draws them to himself. And this was a quote from Isaiah 53, where Isaiah was uh, speaking prophetically about Jesus. But some people will reject Jesus and refuse to have a relationship with him. Yes. I mean, that's a choice that some people make. I don't understand why they would make that choice. But it could be that they're, they've been so wounded by a church or they've been, they're angry at God or because of their own woundedness in their lives, what they've been through. There could be a myriad of different reasons. But Jesus can break through those barriers. Jesus can reach into the hardest hardened heart and begin to shine that light and, and touch them with the love of Christ. I've shared this story with you numerous times, um, but a number of years ago, I was working in the plant, and uh, this guy named Mark Robertson came, and he was a temporary technician in the lab. He was a contract worker there, and uh, he came into the lab one day, and he said, Mark, you say you're a Christian, but the words that come out of your mouth don't reflect it. That word from the Lord changed my life. 
And I called him last week. I hadn't talked to him in 30 years. And, and I finally tracked him down. And I said, Mark, I, I want to tell you something. I don't know if you know this, but when you said that, that word pierced my heart. And it was instrumental in changing my life. One word from God can change someone's destiny, can get them on the right track. And so as we begin to share the hope and, and the word of God with people, the promises of God with people, their lives can be touched and radically changed. And he said, you know, I remember what was going on with me at that time. He said, I was really being convicted by the Holy Spirit. And the Lord was telling me, do I care about the souls of the people in that place? Do, and, and so if we have the passion and the love and the heart of God, we're going to care about the things God cares about, and that's people. And we're not going to be ashamed. I'm not, I'm not saying beat people up with Scripture and hit them with a 10-pound Bible. I'm talking about just love people. But we can give them the Word of God, and they may not even know it. But something happens because the Word says of itself, it will not return void without accomplishing what it was sent to do. So as we begin to encourage and, and teach and, and share the Word of God with people, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Man, I know you're going through a challenge right now, but call upon the Lord. Have faith in Him. Connect to Him. Have this relationship with Him and watch and see what He does. And so while God, the Holy Spirit, was working in Mark's life, challenging him to reach out and, and giving him a heart uh, for people and saying, do you not care about the souls of the people that you work with? And I was one of those experiments, I guess, for him when he came to me and said, you say you're a Christian, but the words that come out of your mouth don't reflect it. And he's a senior pastor in New York. And he said that he was so encouraged by what I shared with him. And uh, he's going to be in Houston sometime, and we're going to connect and, and meet. But that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about, where if we will just listen, listen to what the Holy Spirit is telling us, and then if we will step out in faith and believe, there's no telling what God is going to do. This guy was a contract uh, temporary employee. And, you know, in the plants, the, the employees of the plants are usually at the top of the food chain. And the contractors are usually treated with less respect and they have less uh, pull and things like that. And so it took something for him to come out and, and step out in faith. But I'm so glad he did. Amen. It's not what I wanted to hear. And I wanted to hit him. <laughs> not really. But inside I'm like, what? But it, it changed the direction of my life because somebody, somebody had the boldness, somebody had the sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and then the desire and obedience to go and say something to me. And it changed my life. So faith, let's look at verse 17. How, well, before we get there, how do we receive faith? One way we receive faith is through the word of God. Let's look at verse 17. 
So faith comes from hearing, that is hearing the good news about Christ. When we hear the good news about Christ, that's where faith can be planted and that's where it can begin. In the New American Standard Bible, it says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing uh, by the word of Christ. In the New King James Version, it says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. So, and hearing comes by the word of God. So as we begin to proclaim the, the word of God, as we begin to even proclaim the lyrics to the song, God, I've seen you move the mountains. I know you'll do it again. I've got a mountain right now, God. And I, I look back and I see you move that mountain. I know you can move this one too. So as we begin to proclaim the things of God, as we begin to come into alignment with his purpose, his plan, his word, his promises to us, we begin to proclaim those things, and it does something in us. It does something in the atmosphere. Yes. Lord God, you're going to help me with that test on Monday. I know it. Yes, Lord. I'm going to excel. I'm going to remember everything that I need to remember. Yes. I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to fret. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to prepare the best I can, and then I'm going into this test, and I'm asking for your help, God in whatever you want me to do. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This Greek word hearing is akeia. Uh, akeia. Uh, let me see. Akoe. Akoe. Every time I go to pronounce these words, I always get them messed up. I don't know. I guess I'm nervous. Akeo. And that means hearing. So this Greek word for hearing means hearing, but it also means of spiritual inner hearing that goes with receiving faith from God. And so this hearing is hearing the voice of God. It's hearing in our spirit, hearing uh, and discerning God's voice as he's speaking to us. And that, that uh, increases with this relationship that we have. The more time we spend with him, the more we get familiar and comfortable with his small, still voice speaking to us. And so this Greek word for uh, this Greek word for word is rhema. And it's the spoken word made by the living voice. It's the spoken word of God. It's the living word of God speaking to us. And it's common in the New Testament where the, uh, for the Lord speaking his dynamic living word in a believer to birth faith. And so we get this rhema word of God. So we have this, this faith. We, we are hearing the word of God. We're hearing in our spirit. We're hearing from him. And then he's giving us this rhema word. Rhema can also be revelation, where you're getting some revelation, where maybe you're reading the word, or maybe you're hearing the word, or, or maybe you're speaking the word, and God begins to give you some revelation, some understanding on a deeper level than maybe what you've understood in the past. And so the, the word says that, that it's line upon line, precept upon precept. And so as we read the word of God, many times we can have an understanding and then we, as we grow in our relationship or maybe we have this rhema understanding that God expands that it doesn't negate what we understood before, but it's deeper and broader and wider. And so God begins to speak to us through his word. So faith comes from hearing Christ speaking to us through his dynamic living word. So that's why it's important that we read the word. That's why important, it's important that we get the word of God down in us. So it's part of our fiber and part of our being. So we can 
we can get a word from the Lord that gives us revelation and understanding. Uh, we also can develop faith through prayer, spending time in, God, in God's presence where we're praying. And you know that sometimes we'll be in prayer and, and God can speak to us. God can give us insight into a situation, into a person, into a relationship. He can open our, he can peel back our heart a little bit and give us some insight into what's going on in our heart, in our life. And so as we're reading the word of God, Sometimes there's a, a phrase or a word that just kind of pops off the page and, and we need to stop and we need to meditate on that word or on that phrase. Sometimes it could be in a sermon. Maybe you're hearing something today that's challenging you or God is saying, hey, this is for you. Listen to this right now. And, and so God can use a multitude of ways to suddenly shine his light into our heart where we begin to get it. We begin to get something that we've been missing or we didn't understand or we didn't have. We were unable to grasp or whatever that may be. Romans 10, 17. So faith comes from hearing, that is hearing the good news about Christ. Through Christ, we have the word that provides faith for all of us. And then we can step out and we can say things like, are you telling me to, to, to tell Mark this? Okay. Uh, Mark, you say that you're a Christian, but the words that come out of your mouth don't reflect it. And it can pierce the heart and the mind and the soul because it's God seeing into someone's life and saying, hey, would you, would you go speak to them? Maybe I've been trying to speak to them and they're not really listening to me. So would you go speak to them? And when you do, I'm going to empower you. I'm going to prepare them to receive this word and maybe they'll begin to step out in faith and what happened was from that conversation I did step out in faith I, I left the company and started my own business and it failed <laughs> but I learned a lot of things but it got me on a path it got me off of one path and onto another path that God was leading me down that led me here today you know, and, and so when we, when we stop and we trust God and we allow him to speak into our hearts and lives, he will take us, he will get us where he wants us to go, where he'd like for us to go in spite of ourselves, in spite of the things that we say out of our mouth, in spite of the times when we don't reflect God in a proper manner because God is doing a work in all of our lives and it's a lifelong process. But we just need to yield and say, God, whatever you want to do. So uh, my third point last week was we can choose to live a life of faith. We choose to believe God's word. We choose to receive. At the end of the service, when we had the altar call, it's a choice for people to say, you know what, I know. Have you ever been in a service or been somewhere and the Lord is speaking to you? And you know, you, you just know he's speaking to you. And you disobey. I have. Uh, there's probably no worse feeling than that. Knowing that God is telling me to do something or asking me to do something and, and I choose not to. I, you get in this, uh, this thing where you want to debate. Well, God, I don't know. I mean, is that really you? I, I don't know. Maybe it's not the right time. You talk yourself out of it or whatever. And then you, you get down the road and you're like, you know what, God, that was you. I know that was you. And sometimes the Lord has reminded me, you know my voice. Come on. <laughs> But 
God, we, God is wanting to speak through our lives, and it's up to us to re- believe and receive. Do we go out and live it? Do we believe? Do we, do we receive? Do we obey? Do we go out and live it? I love James 1, 22. It says, but don't just listen to God's word. <laughs> there are a lot of people that just listen to God's word. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. So it's one thing to listen to God's word. It's another thing to go and do what it says. So let me read this whole scripture to you. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. So are we going out and, and, and implementing and doing what God's word tells us to do? James 2.19 says, You say you have faith, for you believe there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in fear. You believe in God? Oh, great. That's wonderful. So did the demons. <laughs> Verse 20, how foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? James 2.26 says, just as the body is dead without breath, so faith is dead without good works. So we're not doing good works to get faith, but we have faith and the evidence of that will be good works because God is doing something in our lives. So the good things that I do are generally driven, probably most always, probably always driven by the Lord directing me to do something good. There, he is leading me to do this. And so just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. So are we exhibiting faith? Are we exhi- exhibiting uh, obedience and basic fundamental truths? Here's one that will check your heart. Are you ready for it? Do you tithe? Are you returning the first 10% of your increase to the Lord? I think that's one of the biggest challenges for new Christians and even seasoned Christians. A lot of people don't tithe because they don't really believe God. They don't really trust God. And he says, here, here's one. Here's one. Let's check your faith. Let's check your trust in me. Are you returning the first 10% of your income back to me? That's what he says to do. Um, This takes faith. Malachi 3.10, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, you see it's conditional. If means it's conditional, right? If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. And then he says, try it. Put me to the test. And uh, I know many of you here, probably most of you tithe or or you give, uh, many of you tithe. And when we begin to step out in faith, And trust God, we see God do amazing things. And I know many of you have testimonies of of the faithfulness of God. That's just one area of faith. But there's something that's connected from our heart to our wallet. And, uh, you know, this giving money, uh, well, now I'll I'll walk in faith if it's something I see that I can uh, believe for. But what if I don't see it? 
what if, uh, what if it's going to cost me something? Oh, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I'll walk in faith now as long as it's not costing me too much. My money? Oh, no. Mm-mm. But are we obeying the word of God? Because he's, he, see, God does these things. He doesn't need our money. <laughs> Is that crazy? Oh, God needs my money. He doesn't need your money. You need to give so that you get this principle, so that you understand, so that you begin to trust God and you see him as we begin to step out in faith and say, God, I don't know. I'm giving you the first of my increase and before my bills are paid. I, I don't know how this is going to work. Well, it works because God's promise and because it's stepping out in faith. And, uh, you know, when we begin to to step out in faith in these areas, we see God's blessing. Blessings follow obedience. And so this is just one area. This is not a tithing message today, but there's a lot of people that say they're mature believers that don't tithe. Well, what else don't they do? What else do they choose to disobey? And I, I want to give you some statistics uh, because I've talked to people, and I know you've talked to people too in the workplace that say, well, you know, a church, all they want is my money. Well, no, they don't. What God wants is not your money. He wants your heart. <laughs> he wants you to have this relationship with him where you trust him. And so I've talked to numerous people in the workplace, and I've, I've, I've talked to them and taught them about tithing. It doesn't, it's no benefit for me. It's a benefit for them. And so God wants us to understand that walking in faith is not just, I walk in faith in this area and this one here and this one down here, over here, back here, but that we have a life of faith, that we trust him in everything that we do, including with our finances, including with our our lives. Uh, These are some... uh, Statistics from 2018, people who, who tithe make up 10 to 25% of most congregations. I think that's probably higher here. Most congregations, only 10 to 25% of people tithe. On average, Christians give Christians overall give 2.5% of their income to churches. During the Depression, Christians gave 3.3%. So we, we live in a much better economy than, than in the Depression, but yet Christians are giving less money. Uh, of families, I, I thought this was interesting, of families that make $75,000 or greater, 1% give 10%. Shame. People with a salary of 20000 or less are eight times more likely to give. That, I mean, you see, it's not about money. <laughs> it's about the heart. Yeah. I remember hearing the story about this guy came to the pastor and he said, you know, pastor, would you pray for me? He said, when I, when I was making, you know, uh, $1,000 a month, I didn't have any problems tithing. And, and now I'm making 10 times that and, and uh, I, I, I just have a, a problem tithing. Would you pray for me? He said, yeah. He said, let me pray. Lord, I, I pray for this brother. I pray that you reduce his salary back to $1,000 a month. <laughs> but why are we like that? I don't know. See, it's not a money issue. It's a heart issue. 80%, approximately 80% of people that give to churches have zero credit card debt. See, it's not only about giving, but it's about becoming good stewards of what God has given us. And so as we grow and as we begin to see God move in our life and we begin to trust him, he can also make us better stewards of what we have. Um, In 2015, a third of Americans pay the minimal 
amount on their credit card every month. And the average home credit card debt was $16,000. So what we find is that as we implement the principles of God in our life, it has a tangible effect on our finances, on our debt, on stewardship, and things like that. And, and so whatever, whatever we're going through, uh, we need to just trust God and have faith in him, and we need to obey. And if there's something that's going awry, we need to stop and say, God, wait a minute. This is your promise. This is your word. And uh, if something's not working out like you said, then I need, to, I need to look inside. I need to see what's going on here. But these were my three points from last week. Faith is the foundation of our relationship with Jesus. Faith is given to us by the Lord. We can choose to live a life of faith. We can choose to, to be fearful and anxious. Philippians 4, 8 through 10. Be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything, but all, in all things, give God thanks and praise. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So we begin to take the word of God and we say, I'm not going to live in fear. I'm going to live in faith. I'm going to trust God. Um, so the, the third point was we can choose to live a life of faith. And then I'm adding one more this week. We can be given great faith. We can receive a measure of faith to believe in God beyond what we can even muster up or think. And salvation brings, brings us into faith with the Lord as we begin to develop this relationship and we have faith. We can be uh, recipients of great faith if he, if he chooses to give this to us. And I've, I've shared a couple of stories about being given a, a brand new truck 1998 Chevy Silverado. I got in my truck, a 77 Chevy, three-speed on the column. That If you slopped through the gears, you had to crawl underneath and yank the linkage to get it, <laughs> get it, get it unstuck. You could lift up the floor mat, and you could see the, the ground underneath. The AC didn't work. The heater didn't work. And I got in my truck one night after praise and worship. I said, God, I want a new truck. And I knew. I just knew it was going to happen. And a few weeks later, somebody said, hey, I want to buy you a brand new truck. Drive to San Antonio and pick it up. And then uh, about two, three, two or three years ago, we were praying for a new car. And, and I said, God, I, I don't want to get in debt. We don't have any debt. The church doesn't have any debt. We're good stewards with what God's given us. And, uh, you know, I said, God, I, I want a new car but I don't, for my wife, but I don't, I don't want to get in debt. And it's like the Holy Spirit said, hey, Remember 20 years ago when you prayed and I gave you faith to believe? And I said, oh, yeah, and Lord, you could, you could have somebody give us a vehicle. And it was a couple of weeks later, somebody said, hey, I want to buy you a brand-new Cadillac. I said, okay, cool. <laughs> Actually, they told my wife that, and she said, well, that, that's, that's great. They said, I had a dream that you were driving a brand-new Cadillac, and she said, that's a good dream. See, she didn't try to manipulate or coerce or anything. She didn't say, oh my gosh, you know what, we've been praying. She didn't say any of that. She said, oh, that's a great dream. And then they came back a couple of weeks later and said, go down and pick out a Cadillac that you want, whatever you want. See, God had given us great faith for that. That's not something that I had naturally. But there are times when God will give us great faith. I don't know how it works. I just know that, praise God. And, and sometimes we need to pray for greater faith. Sometimes we need to pray for faith because as I talked about a few weeks ago, Thomas, when he, when he saw, uh, he said, I won't believe that Jesus is resurrected until I see with my own eyes. And Jesus said, Thomas, 
you, you need to get over this unbelief. You need to have faith. Here, put, put your fingers in the wounds. Put your hand in my side. And Jesus said, blessed are those who believe without seeing him. That would be us. But we have the Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us. But still, we have a choice to step out in faith or not. So 1 Corinthians 12, 7 uh, through 12 are a summary. I want to give you a, a summary of verses 7 through 10. You can go back and read this later um, in 1 Corinthians 12. Gifts from the Holy Spirit are wise advice, messages of special knowledge, great faith, ability to heal, power for miracles, ability to prophesy, spiritual discernment, ability to speak in unknown languages, and interpretation of unknown languages. And God has given me some of these gifts from time to time. I may not walk in all of them at the same time, but there have been times where God has given me great faith. There have been times when God has given me special insight or wisdom or knowledge into a situation. There have been times when God has allowed me to be the conduit and I pray for someone and they get healed. And so these are the things that God can give. But I want to, the thing that I'm looking at this morning is great faith. And let's look at 1 Corinthians 12, 11 and 12. It is the one and only spirit that distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. The human body has many parts, but many parts make up the whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. So we need each other. Just as we need the gifts from the, the Holy Spirit, we need one another because you may be operating in this gift that I need right now, or I may be operating in this gift that you need right now. See, the body of Christ is working together. And as James said, faith without works is dead. Faith without good deeds is no faith at all. So we need each other. Great faith is a gift from the Holy Spirit. Great faith. And so maybe there are some things that you're going through right now, and you say, God, I, I just need some greater faith. I, I, I need you to, to help me. I need you to give me some insight. I need you to give me some encouragement. I need you to do something for me. Because the Lord desires us to understand his love and his nature, his character. That he's a gracious, giving God. And that he wants to pour into our lives. But he's looking for people of faith. He's looking for people that can trust him. He's looking for people that will obey, that will step out and do what he's asked them to do. Amen. Amen. So are you spending more time with the Lord this year? You reading the word? You spending quiet time with him? You yielding to him? You obeying him? <laughs> That's great. Would you stand and let's just bless one another if you'll recite this with me. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Amen. What a great blessing. The prayer team will be up here. Let me just close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. We pray that you would continue to help us as, as you're challenge, challenging us to walk in greater faith and to trust you more, that we would choose to obey you and just release everything to you and just do what you've called us to do and just seek you with greater uh, intensity and uh, greater determination this year that we will take time to be still and be quiet before you and listen to you, not just speak to you and not just hear your words, 
but choose to obey and do what you've asked us to do. And it begins with trusting you and spending time with you. And I thank you for this wonderful congregation. Lord, I pray your blessings over everyone and uh, that you will go with us this week and show us the opportunities that we have to share the hope and the love of Christ with others. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for being here this morning. You're dismissed. Oh, yeah, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And what are we going to do? We're going to go out and... Live it. Amen. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into our broadcast. For more information, be sure to find us at our website at www.lifefellowship.me or call us at 832-864-2800. Have a great week and remember to live it. God bless you.